Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wildly, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we can have safe, open, honest conversations at the intersection of life, kink, and relationships, and whatever legal, consensual places our desires might lead us. Go listen to the outro if you want to learn how I like to connect. Otherwise, keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourselves and enjoy. Our guest today is a 40-year-old queer cis male. He is extremely solo poly with a few partners, a hedonist and a switch who is currently deeply exploring service doming and living an integrated kinky lifestyle. A leather worker and a musician from Austin, Texas. Welcome, Delaney. Hey. Hey. Can you start off by telling our listeners if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shame-o-meter with 10 being the most full of shame and one being no shame at all, where do you fall right now? Hard one. I like it. Not just a one, but a hard one. Um, can you tell us about your hard one, please? Well, now that I got your consent, I would love to tell you about my hard one. <laughs> <laughs> Might get into it later, but raised in a very religious home, shame is a very familiar thing. Mm. And so being able to work through that, being very aware of how much shame I'm feeling and the work that I've done to get to where I'm at, it's like shame has no place in my life. I have enough things to weigh me down. I'm going to be happy with who I am. (laughs) Totally. Love that. Can you give us a little overview of what your sex life is like right now and your favorite parts? So it's experimental. It's fun. It's lively. (laughs) Yeah. You have lots of partners. (laughs) I have many partners. So, I mean, and the beautiful thing about that is we get to do different things with different people and having one partner, even that's asexual. And so we get to be sexy with each other on an emotional level. And I love that so much because to me, that can be sex also just like really integrating with somebody on a a mental level and having that mental connection is huge. Just watching a horror movie together and geeking out on makeup and different things can be great but i can also have the extreme of one of my other partners who's into edge play and like really getting heavy a little story one of my favorite stories about a month ago we went and watched a movie and then uh played in the car and made her walk around the parking lot naked and she's in that stuff and we did crazy outdoor stuff it was very private so we knew nobody was gonna see so very consensual there (laughs) not making sure anybody was gonna see but Sex life is fun. Sex life is great. Honestly, I wouldn't change it. I think the most enjoyable thing is giving pleasure and seeing people in pleasure. Like, especially just somebody enjoying what I'm doing to them is like the best thing in the world, the most sexiest thing. The first time I ever did impact play with somebody, I was very nervous, very unwanting to do like hit anybody that way. But I could see how much she was into it. And because of that, that made me want to get into the world of impact play even more. So just that process of doing something that somebody is consenting to receive from me is the best thing in the world. Amazing. Okay. When do you feel the sexiest? For some reason, when I get out of the shower, just being clean and naked is like a fun thing. I don't know why. Water in general for me, I don't know why. Did you know that's a philia? It's aquaphilia. So I've been organizing and creating my whole bucket list, which has been a gigantic project underway since April. But Aquaphilia, literally, I was like, I want to find someone who's turned on by water and sometimes swimsuits. <laughs> Have you fucked in the water? I'm getting ahead into detail. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Does water turn you on itself or is it more being clean, do you think? Or is it like droplets or is it? No, it's definitely like water itself, which is funny because like, so as a small, small child, 
there was two separate instances where I almost drowned. And so I grew up very afraid of water and I still kind of am skittish around it. But I also have like this love of water and like marine life. But yeah, fucking in water, the shower, pools, whatever is, is the best thing in the world. I love it. Love that. Okay. When else do you feel sexy? When you get out of the shower, when else? I feel like there's so many instances. Uh, <laughs> usually also like, you know, if I'm with one of my partners and they're really vibing off of what I'm putting out, either just talking to them or physically having contact and they're vibing off of that, that definitely makes me feel sexy. Like, man, we're into this. They want to be here with me. They want me to do this to them. They're giving their time to speak with me. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You also kind of answered this question already, but I want to see if you have anything else to say about it. What else counts as sex for you? So sex to me is connecting with somebody on a deeper level where you're fully engaged emotionally and nothing is left out where basically you're laid bare. Obviously there's a disconnect there because like you can do that with non-sexual, like you don't, you're not attracted sexually to somebody. You can, kind of lay bare there but there's that that extra little piece there where like you're attracted to each other like an agreement yeah like there's there's like erotic energetic agreement as part of it if that's what i'm picking up in your articulation it definitely is it definitely is and that is definitely a me thing that is when i have really good deep conversations especially with somebody Like, I automatically just want to be like, I want to know this person more. I want to connect. I want to get deeper. And to me, that is so sexy. Just minds and brains and diving in and all that stuff is so good. And then, of course, penetrative stuff and everything else that people like. But also, I think bondage play is sex because you can do that and not have penetrative sex. I think sex can be whatever the person wants it to be as long as it's fun, consensual, and not hurting anybody. Beautiful. That is a great answer. And I love because it makes space for all of the people in the kinky world I've met who is like, I do this as an art. How dare you think that I'm erotically attracted to you, which was something that, you know, I didn't know about until researching and finding that out. So love that. Love that. Totally. Now, did you ever get an explicit health and safety conversation from any adults in your life or a lesson on consent? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) that's a hard 10 (laughs) yeah i mean a matter of fact i remember being very young so prefaces probably with many of my stories my dad is a baptist preacher so so heads up there okay (laughs) yeah so i grew up in a very religious home but i there was multiple times as a kid where things happened like a friend would drop a condom and i had no idea what it was and would just get made fun of and or something would happen on tv and i'd be like what's that and just like nothing. So no, it was all like self-discovery, you know, just like randomly having a boner one day because I'm a human boy. And what is this? Oh, that feels good. Okay, cool. And then discovering a Playboy magazine in my sister's room and seeing nudity for the first time and discovering that. So, I mean, that was my only interaction with sex. So no real interaction of like, hey, this is the birds and beads. This is what consent is. Honestly, I don't even think the consent talk was really big until probably 15 years ago or so. I mean, even going to college and stuff, you know, depends with people like really depends with people. Yeah. Okay. Well, contrasting that in your adult life, 
Could you give us an example of one time where you said a very clear yes to something sexy that led to an awesome experience? I suspect you have lots of them since you are a kinky <laughs> person and we just will discover, but like, can you pick one out for us? There used to be these pool parties here in Austin for poly kinky people. Me and one of my partners went at the time and met a person that I had already talked to on FetLife before. And we were hanging out all in the pool and... I was like, man, I'm really attracted to this person. So first went to my partner was like, hey, I know we're kind of open, but like, just want to make sure if anything happens, we're cool tonight. She was like, yes, please. It'd be really fun to watch you too. I was like, cool. So got that consent and then went over to that person and was like, hey, you want to make out? And she was like, fuck yes. That was a definite like hell yes consent, right? And so started doing that. And of course, it's a movable thing just because she wants to make out doesn't mean I can finger her. Yeah. Doesn't mean digits can go anywhere. Don't mean anything else. Right. So, and to me, consent is foreplay because it's so fun just to talk about that. I'm already like a heady person. Right. So it's like, let's just fucking talk about this. Like, oh, you want to fill fingers inside you. Oh, you want this. Oh, you like your ass plug. Okay. You like it. And then like that just like builds everything up. And that was definitely a fun time to get some movable consent and have a really fun sex party in a pool. <laughs> Amazing. I also just love that you highlighted how consent can just be dirty talk foreplay. Like, that's the best part. It's so hot. Okay. Now tell us what, if anything, happens to your shame meter when it's time to talk to a new partner about safer sex. No real shame there. I get, well, probably eight years ago or so was the only time I contracted STI. That was chlamydia. So taking medicine and it's gone right but there's definitely some shame there if i have to talk about that it's just like oh i did something wrong i fucked up and didn't wear a condom i did this or that because also with being a s slut i claim to be a slut uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can make some rash decisions sometimes as yeah. i did so but it's owning that and it's like getting over there but yeah i mean i think that's just my own so maybe the shame would pop up to like a four okay. but it's like I know that I have to talk about it. I know that it's not something that would affect anybody right now. And I'm definitely all about every six months getting checked. If I'm even more active, it's every three months. Yeah. And I work in a place that I can get free checkups. So it makes it easy. Fuck yes. I love that. Do you have like an ideal way for that conversation to go in your mind? As you said up top, I'm 40 years old. I don't really have a lot of patience for just like bullshit <laughs> when it comes to relationships. And so I like to be just straightforward. And so in that of like, yeah, let's have a date or two. I love day dates also. Mm. And not just like, I'm, we're going to go out to dinner and movies, but like, no, let's like hang out and get to know each other because like, why waste each other's time if we're not going to go anywhere? So let's get to know each other. Let's see how we talk together, things like that. So I wrap the STI STD talk up in what we want to see and the relationship do. I also have this like 200. It wasn't mine. I adopted it from other kinky people in the scene here, but like this 200 questionnaire that asks people what their kinks are and what they consent to and don't consent to and want to move that and what they've tried, what they don't want to try. And so I kind of like lay everything up. It's probably way too much. I love that. That's the type of stuff that like I think about all the time and then I try to implement it and I don't have any examples. And so then I'm like, a, you know, an overwhelming to most people I've talked to person. But I think that sounds great personally. 
And it's a great conversation starter in the sense of like, I mean, how many times, no matter how comfortable we are, there's times where we just don't know how to convey what we need or want in the moment. Right. And so we could be wanting to be really experimental and try something, but it's been a long week and we don't know how to express that. So it can be like, cool, let's just pick something off of the list that you've consented to. Let's check back in, make sure you're still consenting to it. And, oh, I guess we're doing water sports this weekend. Here we go. <laughs> I love <laughs> you know, that. Whatever. So, but I wrap up all that kind of together. Yeah. That's a great way to remove decision fatigue. Dude, yes. Especially for folks like me that have to make decisions all day. Yeah. It's, I always joke with my partners, like, I've used my words. I have no more decisions in me. Let's just, <laughs> you pick, you pick. <laughs> okay. I'm very excited to hear all about your kinky self, but first... Take us back in time to your younger years. When do you first remember hearing about sex? Like you touched yourself, you had that boner. How old were you? You found the Playboy. What else? Like, was there anything before that at all? Just awareness wise, what happened in your sexual timeline? There definitely was real young, probably like five or so. Uh, I have older siblings. They were very young too. And this is something that I've worked through and trigger warning stuff here. I don't believe it was any kind of malicious, like molestation or anything like that. I think it was just, they were young teenagers experimenting with their bodies. And so it was like my two older sisters and myself not knowing what it was. Right. But it definitely turned me on to something that I didn't know what it was, but like I was at a very young age already experimenting with boys, like friends that I would just like go camp out at their houses and whatnot. But it wasn't, yeah, until my early teens that I was like, oh, this is a boner. Oh, this is what a female form looks like. Okay, I see that. I see that. Okay, cool. (laughs) It's kind of fun. I don't know if anybody else experimented like this. I feel like everybody like, oh, you're a boy, you masturbate, so you rub your cock. But for some reason, that wasn't a thing in my mind. And so I would literally just lay on my bed and hump my bed. And that's how I got off. Okay. Which part of the bed? I've heard pillows. I've heard bed posts. I've heard couches. I've heard floors. But what part of the bed would you use? The corner. So like you could straddle the corner of your bed and go at it that way. And so, yeah, it never occurred to me that like I could rub it with my hand. Yeah. And yeah, that's how I started. But that journey was very internal and I did not lose my virginity until I was like 23. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 23 years old. Mm -hmm. So Right out of high school, I grew up in a private school, went to a Christian college, very much on track to like stay in that world. Did you have to sign a virginity contract? (laughs) Thankfully, I did not. (laughs) Thankfully, I did not. Yeah. (laughs) Then I realized what the world was and all it has to offer and the beauty out there and started experimenting. So before then, had you had any contact that you knew was sexual, like in a sexual frame for yourself, which is, I think, distinct from the childlike curiosity of like, what is this thing? That's what I hear from most people. That was my own experience. Had you even fooled around with anyone, kissed anyone or anything like that in your teen years? No. Okay. What were the feelings like? Yeah, I was definitely attracted to people, male and female. Some of them, I mean, this is also back in like the 80s and 90s, so I'm sure non-binary was not really a thing that was being spoken, but there could have been uh, some days and thems in there, but just attracted to people in general. Yeah. No action. There are a lot of fantasies about it, but yeah, no action until I got out of 
college, like halfway through college. Okay. So the fantasies, did they come with like a restricted feeling of like, I'm not supposed to like this? And was there anything like that around your queerness or was it just like someday? Yeah. Oh, most definitely. That was one of the things that began my, my journey outside of religion and leaving religion, faith in general was just trying to sum up my feelings of like one of my first crushes of my high school best friend with what the Bible teaches and like trying to reconcile that and just being like, wait, (laughs) this doesn't feel wrong to me though. (laughs) Like this doesn't feel wrong to me. And you know, it's like, I know lying's a sin. I know cheating's a sin, but those are so easy to be like, all right, I'm not going to cheat today. I'm going to be a good person. I'm not going to lie to this person. I'm going to own my mistake. But when it comes to love and something, it's like, this guy's really cool. I want to be with him and other things. (laughs) Yeah. That is such a well-said point. Okay. Thank you. So nothing, none of the contact that a lot of young people feel. Okay. So you're in college even? Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was there fear or was it a choice? Like, what was it? Give us the, the texture of your landscape, please. It was, I think, just a fear. It wasn't a fear of, like, insecurity, but a fear of the unknown. Yeah. Especially going that long, not knowing. It's yeah. like, what moves do I make, you know? I was also in that world surrounded by certain people that also probably would not be into what I would want to do, uh, you know, being at a church. Probably not a lot of dudes secretly being gay there. Who knows? Well, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Statistics may show differently. But even the female presenting people, you know, like, so I just never really went down that path. Okay. So, but then when did you and how did you? And also in the meantime, should we talk about your masturbation since that, you know, I'm assuming you were still masturbating and you eventually moved past the bed corner? Oh, definitely. Stayed masturbating. I never have ever felt shame around that. Like that was another aspect of like, I would always hear people about like, I'm so like disappointed in myself for masturbating or watching porn or doing this. I'm like, man, that feels awesome. Why are you so upset about that? Like uh, if there is a God, he gave me this and it's enjoyable and I'm not hurting anybody. So I don't hear angels dying every time sperm hits the ground. So I think I'm good. Okay, do you want to share with us where's your cock the most sensitive? What kind of grip do you use? Do you play with your balls? Do you ever touch your own asshole? Oh, fuck yeah, all of the above. <laughs> yeah, I mean, butt plugs come in a lot. Dildos, even like simulating giving somebody head is really fun. That's very much of a turn on. I love edge masturbating. So like being able to like, if I have like four or five hours to kill, just like put on a movie, but also put on some porn and I like to have multiple things going on. It's my ADHD. Like I can focus on multiple things and then just like edge and then just like really enjoy how big of a ejaculation I can create. Cool. But yeah, I like a very firm grip. Balls are definitely very sensitive. I love playing with those and definitely exploring my body. I just love skin, I guess. I don't know. Fuck yeah. And have you noticed any like sensitivity shifts over the years? Like, cause we have this period of, young masturbation and we're about to get to your partner and stuff has your penis changed over time probably the only difference is maybe like a stronger grip on it for more sensation maybe yeah yeah. but there's also like more things that would turn me on where i don't have to like be playing with my penis okay so yeah yeah you know what I mean. yeah 
I know what you mean. I know there's lots of good ways to have sensation, but I'm still the person that's like, yeah, but if I'm going to give you the hand job, I want to know how to hold it. And it feels, mm. I just, as a person who doesn't own a penis, I, to this day, still feel pretty insecure around hand jobs, even though I love touching them and I love playing and I love doing everything. But I notice, because now I've started to ask people to show me how they touch themselves first. And there's so many different styles. But when I ask people, it doesn't come to mind necessarily to give the very specific details, but I notice a lot of new ones when I'm watching. So love it. Okay. Take us to your partner times. What was it like having your sexual debut? What led up to it? What came after? Yeah. So most of my sex until probably my thirties was outside of relationships. It was all like just cruising and one night stands and doing whatever. So my first time with a female body person was just like at a random party and I went to go to the restroom and they followed me and they're like, we should fuck. I'm like, all right. And that was my first thought. It was very weird, but it was fun. And I was just into it. You know, bathroom. Where did you do it? Just at the party? Yeah. So no, she was, we set her on top of the vanity uh-huh. and It was like perfect height for me. So yeah, we just did it right there. And then with a male bodied person back in the day, it was all on like Craigslist. There was no grinder or growler or any apps. So it was all Craigslist pretty much. And just finding people there and being really attracted to like older bears and just meeting up with random dudes. Side story. One of my favorite times that ever happened was getting to a hotel to meet somebody and the whole way from the entrance of the hotel to the room there where I was walking to, there was a really hot guy following me. I was like, what is going on? Come to find out the guy in the room forgot to cancel on the other dude. And so we both showed up. And so we had an impromptu threesome. It was great. It was great. That's amazing. (laughs) Was that your first threesome? It was my first threesome. Yeah. It was also my first like, Bukaki, like they both came on my face, which I totally loved. It was really hot. <laughs> so that's... like it was a night of first for me. Yeah. Night of first. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Okay, can you walk us through the moment of like when you realized that you were going to the same place? Like, here's this hot dude, but like <laughs> Yeah, so like it wasn't like walking up was like, oh, he got off the same floor. Oh, he's coming down the same hallway. And then I stopped and knocked at the door and turned, and he's like just staring at me. I'm like, are we both here for this room? He's like, I think so. I was like, are you cool with it? And he's like, I'm down. And the guy opens it. He goes, oh, shit, I forgot to cancel. And I was like, well, I mean, we're both here. Let's just go. He's like, let's do this. <laughs> so there was definitely, I mean, I said it very smoothly, but forgot. there was definitely like a few minutes. Yeah, forgot. <laughs> there was like a second of awkwardness. And then we realized that we all have penises and we wanted to use them. Yeah. How fun. (laughs) Wow. Did you already know that you were going to be into something like that? uh, Bukaki wise, or what did it come up in the moment? Like, how did you get there? I've always been fascinated with bodily fluids. I wonder if that has to do with the water thing also, but even at an early age, I've always been eating my own ejaculate. And so when it comes to like that, obviously it's not very safe to, just meet two strangers and fluid bond with them. But I really wanted to do that. And so I was like, oh, there's two of them here. How much better than like one load, but I have two loads on me. That's so hot. And so they like jacked off on me while I jacked off myself. So it was great. Amazing. 
Okay, what a beautiful start to partnership. What else do you remember from your 20s in that era? Like, what were you discovering about your sexual self? And were you kinky? I mean, I guess that's kind of kinky. Yeah, I mean, the age of, like, the internet coming more prevalent. I grew up outside of Austin, so there wasn't where I grew up. I didn't have internet until probably, like, 2010 or something. Okay. So, I mean, even with that kind of stuff, very late bloomer. But so it was all just, like, experimenting and the more i experimented the more i wanted yeah i mean i would say it was kinky just because like of what everything i wanted to do maybe 2010 is a long time it was definitely before 2010 let's back up it was more like 2005 2006 okay when i got the internet that that sounds better that sounds better um because yeah of course it was because of craigslist is on the internet and you have to have a computer for that shit well but not necessarily your own one like i imagined you going to like the library and craigslisting <laughs> up a storm <laughs> thankfully the thing that kept me out of trouble most was that i have a very analytical brain and so anytime i want to do something that's like possibly could get me in trouble i'd come up with like scenario after scenario and if i can't get in the way with any of them i'm just like all right it's too much work i'm not doing it <laughs> I get it. You seem very kinky now. And so I would love to just hear kind of like where your casual-ish explorations led. When I started dating, I wasn't really mature enough to let my partners know what I wanted or how kinky I really was. And one reason that I went into the poly lifestyle is because I never wanted to cheat on anybody. But at the same time, I'd be dating a female body person and be like, I really miss sucking cock. And I have dated male body persons, but that just felt weird. So I'd always say I'm bisexual, hetero romantic. And then the more I learned about myself, I was like, oh, those were just not the relationships for me. But it wasn't until 2014, I met a partner, this person just off of Fat Life. I had just learned what Fat Life was and went on and met this person. And we met at a bar and we started hanging out. And she kind of just taught me what the poly lifestyle was about, what the BDSM kink lifestyle was about. And she was the person I was talking about earlier that taught me about impact play. And it was just one of those things that as soon as I started learning about one thing, I wanted to just like totally take over and learn everything about it. And then the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I don't know if it's like just this inability to be satisfied, but I feel like once you learn one thing or once you experience a new kink, like you're like, all right, what's next? I want something new, you know, like you're always like looking for that new thing, not to like downgrade or belittle any past experiences, or I can't have vanilla sex. Now I only can like come when I'm choked out thing. Like that's not it. Right. It's like, those are still beautiful, but now I just want to keep going and going and going. So, well, literally my version is I want to make sure I get to all the stuff that's like a little more complicated too, but I don't want to stop doing my favorites. And I really still like vanilla sex, like, but I also really like kinky dynamics because if someone is telling me or if I'm telling them, confusion is less. And the part about like vanilla stuff is just the confusion. That's what I don't like. I like the sensual aspect of the physical part of vanilla sex. The social assumptions that come with it, I find extremely difficult to navigate personally. So you had this partner that you met. Did you already like know what you might be into at this point? Like kink wise, like did you have, you had inklings? I had inklings and I started experimenting the more I saw, like had a phase where I wanted to wear panties all the time. And then I was just like, okay, I don't get it. I'm not into it anymore, but I still think it's like really sexy if a man wears panties. 
Yeah. But I'm just like, eh, it's not for me. Tell us about that phase. It just ended one day? Did you wear them a lot? Not a whole lot. It was mainly like in sexy times or like those edging times that I was talking about. But yeah, I think a couple times I wore them like out and about. And I was just like, man, they're just not comfortable. I think it was mainly just because I was so used to boxer briefs. Yes. And it was just like, this is something new. And I don't know if I'm in a place for something new. But like in the moment of like feeling sexy and of course, like panties are sexy, like they're lace or silk or even cotton can be really sexy. And so it feels completely different than like these plain gray Hanes that I might have on, you know? Totally, totally. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of been the gist of my journey of like, if I want to try something, I'm going to try it. Here we go. Let's try this, you know? Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, I had a lot of experimenting right before the FetLife partner I did have a five-year serious relationship where I actually left music for a while because I was like getting my 30s and I wanted to be like, all right, I need to be a real person and settle down and have a real job and get married and blah, blah, blah. And that was the dumbest thing ever (laughs) because that's not what my soul wanted. It's not what my heart wanted. And so I basically was coming off of four years of being celibate because that person wanted to wait till we got married. And there was definitely like makeouts, dry humping, but like clothes never came off. Like that was a hard line for her, right? Yeah, I loved her enough to be like, all right, yeah, that's a thing that I'm okay with dealing with. And I was honestly, for the most part, but like when other things started building up, I'm like, man, I'm really missing exploring my sexuality and like all this other stuff. Back then I would say I was bi. And so she knew that I had those sexual urges but knew also that I would never act on it because I wouldn't want to be cheated on myself without knowing or consenting to that. So coming out of that, it was like, I'm ready for the world. Like, let's fucking do it all, baby. So, I mean, getting on FetLife and meeting this person was great and just introducing me to the world. She's the person that I talked about earlier going to that pool party with and like just really introducing me to a lot of cool lifestyles that I was not even aware of. And especially Polly being like, oh, I have multiple friends and I can have multiple lovers and it's pretty much the same thing. And we can just talk about stuff that we want to do and be open about it. And yes, this is what I've been wanting the whole time. I didn't know that I could do this, you know, totally. And still feel special to each other. Yes. Yeah. Because to me, another thing that I really discovered and a lot of people put this in like the cuck category, which if you want to, I don't fucking care. But to me, like compersion is the most beautiful thing ever and it goes back to how i was talking earlier about pleasure and how i get pleasure from seeing pleasure yeah that's pretty staggy too though like the stags would get mad if you just call it a cookie thing because i think there is a lot of comfort yes cool i did not know that okay yeah i just interviewed someone who is a hot wife vixen so that's the vixen to the stag and the husband is like yeah yeah come look at her look at her but anyone who's like and now you eat my cum he's like we didn't invite you to that game. Yeah. That's not. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, that's awesome to hear because I've always been turned off by that scene because you hear a lot of alpha male talk and bull talk in that same world. And that stuff just like is not cool with me, but that's cool to hear. I'm glad compersion is part of that because compersion is such a beautiful thing. It's so such a beautiful hot. Thing. It's so, so yeah. hot. That leads to kind of where I was going of like, she would go on dates with partners and I would love when she would be like, hey, here's a video of me blowing this dude that I just went on a date with. And I'd be love like, that. 
Fuck yes, that's awesome. Like I get my own personal porn. This yes. is so hot. Fuck yes. Yeah. Please. I'm like, like, why is it so hard to find a partner who wants to reclaim me after I go try things with people that are things they don't even want to do? Like, why is that hard to find? Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what happened next? So you met this partner and it sounds like your sexy world exploded? It did. Maybe many times. <laughs> many times. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wasn't in a great place mentally coming off that big, long relationship. Yeah. So my relationship with that person only lasted about nine months. Okay. In that nine months, I was able to really get into a community, find a poly community, find a solo poly community, find a kiki community, which actually, side note, on Friday is our first like big play party back since like the whole shutdown. <gasps> I'm so excited. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so excited. I'm excited you, for you. you. And so, yeah, it's just been a journey of learning and saying yes honestly and just whatever i can fulfill i do it yeah okay so tell us now some of the things you've said yes to and some of the things you've fulfilled both for yourself and others things i've said yes to. i feel like there's not a lot i haven't said yes to (laughs) Uh, (laughs) okay then how about uh, this tell us about your switchy self and like Ooh, okay. what parts you started to explore and uncover first and what inspired what and what it's led to and what you're exploring now. And then maybe get into the specifics of the service doming and wherever you want to take it from there. Yeah. So coming into lifestyle, it was very easy to compartmentalize, like, especially the way I was brought up. I'm going to about to say a line of thought that is, is very toxic. So I'm not promoting this at all, but Female body people, women were more subservient, so I could be more dominant with them. Where a male is supposed to be dominant, so I found it easier to be subservient to dudes. And so that was always kind of my switchy side of like, yeah, I'll get fucked by a dude, but when it comes to a woman, like I'm the male, I'm blah, blah, blah. And experimenting with like, first off, finding porn and seeing how many different body people there are out there and seeing that. There are some people that are penis havers that also have breasts and feminine features and all this stuff is like, whoa, what is this? And so then experimenting with partners, there's actually the same group that we're about to have a party. There's a wall that's kind of like a Craigslist, if you will, where you like put an ad of what you want. And somebody up there was like, female exploring dom side would love to talk somebody, i.e. like pegging, cross play, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, let's do that. Let's do that. And so especially being, and this was already into topping impact play stuff. I was like, man, I've been doing it for a while. I need to experience that. Mm -hmm. Come to find out that's definitely not a thing for me. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially the stingy stuff. I also did it very poorly. I was more concerned about getting paid. I was looking forward to getting paid and having sex with this person than being up on the cross. And also, unfortunately, her husband is a very sadistic man, which I love him to death. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I'm up on that cross and, like, all the thuddy stuff is coming. I'm like, all right, this is cool. And all of a sudden, I see him come in the room. I'm like, fuck, what's he going to do? He was like, it's okay, Delaney. You're not, you know, it's okay. I'm not doing anything. And then I see him, like, pick up a, I think it's called a dragon's tongue. Yes. Which is like, okay, yeah. It's a mean single tail. Those can leave a mark. So fucking mean. And he's like, have you ever tried one of these? I was like, no. He goes, all right, here we go. I was like, oh, 
it's just like he got me i was like uh yeah i'm not into that he's like all right we're done okay and so they were super great they're super involved in the scene so i totally trusted them but yeah i mean when i called red he like put me in a blanket and then she set me down on the bed and gave me a cookie and lemonade and then she was just like sitting there next to me like fully nude with her strap on and i'm like what is life? This is so amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting cuddled by this beautiful woman that's about to fuck me, and I don't know what life is. This is so perfect. <laughs> wow. Okay, so the fucking happened after your painting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to do the impact play stuff first. I actually don't think I've actually talked to someone who has been pegged after fucking lots of live cocks, or if they have, maybe it's just so normal. I don't know. Is it the same? Is it different for you? Like, it's a different mental experience, right? Not really. Cool. I, yeah, I don't feel like it is. Like, obviously, like dildos and things definitely feel a tad bit different, but yeah, not yeah. a whole lot to me personally. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's more about that connection with the person. Nice. And she was also a person that also went to those pool parties and whatnot that I had been admiring for like a year okay. and like had a hardcore crush on. And so as soon as I found out that she's the one that placed that ad, I was just like, over the fucking hill. It's just like, oh my God. I hope she says yes. Please say yes. And of course she was like, Yeah, dude, let's do this. Was that your first time getting topped by a femme? Yes. Okay. Next up is now I just gotta do a femme top gangbang. Yeah. But we'll see if that ever happens. <laughs> Fun. Oh my gosh. I love that. Would you want a mixed gang? I really want a mixed gangbang. <laughs> well, Honestly, yes. I mean, my dream party would be to have a queer or... Have you ever seen the movie Short Bus? No. Okay. John Michael Mitchell made this movie called Short Bus. That's just this beautiful movie about love and experiencing it through different ways of sex and emotional connection. But there's no simulated sex. It's all real sex. Uh, There's a really beautiful point where... One guy is singing the Star Spangled Banner into another man's asshole while he's jacking him off. (laughs) Yeah. But there's this beautiful scene where there's just this room and it's like a sea of people. And I'm like, orgies, I've always loved orgies. But like, I want a queer orgy where like everybody is into everybody kind of thing. It's like, all right, we're going to spend like 30 minutes consenting everybody. We're all cool. We all know that if somebody says no, all right, cool, yeah. let's go. Sorry, but no straights in this this room right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, but no turnoffs. I want a room of full turn-on for sure. That's no turn-offs. I, I love yeah. that. I mean, that's a valid desire. All of my fantasies, especially the ones that I like actually write down, they're always so queer and, and bendy, but also my brain works that way. So, well, okay. So what else have you experienced in this community, with this community? And like, when did your top side start to play more and how are the evolutions happening and like how do you switch like is it with partners is it in a scene ever or just tell us more about your kinky self (laughs) yeah i haven't met anyone where i would be switching between with one person i think it kind of came out of almost necessity and learning about myself more of like knowing that topping i.e doing the action of giving pleasure I really enjoyed and then having a partner that likes more dominance and so going more into the being a dominating figure obviously I'm a big dude and she is a small body person and so being able to like pick her up throw her around and be very aggressive with her was a big thing and so knowing that 
I'm doing that not because I want to be some big macho alpha male, but because I know being big and dominant turns her on more. Mm. And so to me, that's being a service dominant person where I'm being dominant in that person's service. Oh, yeah. And so that's different partners. Like with the person that I talked about that I made walk around outside naked. Yeah. And so with other partners, it's with different things. And that's a scale. I mean, we're not always sad. We're not always happy. Why would I always want to be dominant? Why would I always want to be bottom or a switch? Or There's just so much to enjoy. (laughs) So I just want to enjoy everything. I guess that's why I love the word hedonist. Like I'm a true hedonist. I just, I just want to enjoy life. I love it all. Totally. What other things do you enjoy that we haven't heard about yet? Like what has someone made you do or what have you made someone do or what haven't you done yet? Like tell us about enjoyments. Two things come to mind. That same person that I was just talking to you about the, uh, walking around outside naked, they wanted to experiment more with choking and choking out. And that really freaked me out because obviously I'm like, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. And so I literally like went to other doms in my community and was like, all right, this is where they want to go. How can we do that? And so they taught me like the proper way to choke her out and like all this stuff. So that was really fun because she took me down that path. Like that was not something I wanted to seek out, but she's like, Hey, you've been like choking and slapping and spitting, but what if you like, just like choked me out because she wanted to be choked out and wake up to me having sex with her. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's she pretty was like, extreme. she's hardcore. Okay. Also, just safety, health and safety note for our listeners. That is extremely dangerous. People can die. Like, I just want to, I just yes. want to say you got to do a lot of research and like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so there was like three separate people that I talked to. I also bought a book. I was very nerdy. Yeah. She got mad at me at one point. She's like, why haven't we done this? And I was like, please let me research. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to kill you. And then something for myself, I don't know what brought me to it. I think it's just in the community, there have been people around me that are into water sports, but I've never like really been into it. And I took a self-realization trip this past February. So this is very new for me out in the desert of New Mexico. It was just this Pueblo in the middle of nowhere, like nobody was around and it was beautiful outside. And so I like to be naked. And so I was just naked all the time. Nice. And so I was outside peeing and then I was like, man, everybody's into this. What's it about? And so they had outdoor like lounge chairs. And so I just laid back and just started peeing in the air. I was like, and the air was kind of crisp. And then of course, like the warmness of my pee, I was just like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> and so that's a new thing. That's a brand new thing, like a few months old, right? I'm an infant pee person, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a new journey for me. So that's somewhere I've pushed myself to go to. I love that you tried it with yourself the first time. What do you think it would take for you to bring that exploration to a partner? Do you think you would initiate it? Do you think you would want a partner to initiate it? Or you just, do you just let stuff unfold? It kind of seems like you go with the flow a little bit. Yeah, I am definitely the person to go with the flow, but I would definitely feel more comfortable. Like the one partner that's pretty into extreme play, like obviously I would feel okay with bringing it up to her. I haven't, oh. but I'll feel okay bringing it up to her. Obviously my partner that I have an asexual relationship with, that's not something I'm going to approach, yeah, yeah. right? So it's like, no, but okay. But like, if you found a new partner or met someone who is like, I want to try water sports, would you be like, well, 
you know, or would you be like, okay, like what, what do you think might be a catalyst for you to bring it into partnership? I guess I would ask them first, where do you want it? <laughs> uh, right. What if, it's like, what if you met someone who was really into you and they're like, I just want to drink your water. If that's what you're into, I'm okay with that. Okay. Like, okay. yeah, cool. it's like, I'm not about to yuck anybody's yum. I mean, there's things that I yuck for myself, but I'm not going to do that about anybody else. Yeah. If I can bring them pleasure and I'm not hurting myself or them. Yeah. Let's experiment. What other solo explorations or partnered explorations or group explorations? Have you had more than that threesome? Well, that pool party, I guess, kind of was an orgy because there was people everywhere fucking. But thankfully, I have been able to do a male-male-female threesome with a bi-dude and bi-female. And that was really fun because they were both really kinky. And so we were able to tie her up. And like she got turned on by like dudes doing it and so we were able to like we'd always tie her up and then like have sex in front of her and then that would get her super turned on and then we'd take turns on her and different things like that was super fun oh that's amazing were you like co-topping her or was one of you was it like it was co tears okay co-top cool yeah what else has your kinky self done i think that when i really honestly think about the kinkiest things i was thinking about what turns me on the most kind of go hand in hand of like having a past filled with shame and repression that things that are wrong, things that I feel like are taboo are the sexiest and like the hottest things ever. And so, especially in my younger years, just experimenting with anything and everything. There's not a lot that I haven't done. Okay, <laughs> so. that's awesome. I don't know if I actually really understand taboo. Someone kind of recently said this to me about some of the stuff that I'm going to do. And he was like, yeah, well, it's the taboo of all of it. And I was like, like in the moment, it, there are few moments where I don't have words to articulate, but this was one of them yeah. where I was like, well, I guess so. But the more I've thought about it, that was back in June. I'm not sure I understand taboo at all, like personally, like inside my own heart. And so can you just say how it feels to you? Because there's like, del- it's like delicious naughtiness, right? Yeah, for me, it is hey, you shouldn't pee on yourself because pee goes in the toilet and that's disgusting. Oh, shit, I'm doing something that I've been told my whole life that I should not be doing. That's so hot. And to me, that's taboo. Okay. Taboo is outside of the restrictive hetero norms, you could say. It's kind of generic, but yeah. Okay, so it's like taboo... For the rest of them, but I'm doing my <laughs> own secret. Is it kind of like that? Or because it's not yeah. self-judgment. It's different. It's it's distinct from self-judgment, right? Or maybe not for everyone. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm just asking for you because you're the expert here on yourself. <laughs> I think it's a culmination of both of those because it's the world telling you it's wrong, but you want to do it. And then that also building on top of itself of being more enticing because it is wrong. Even though your brain knows it's not actually wrong. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Something flipped in my brain back in 2016 when I was like, gonna shave my head, gonna examine my life in the world. And this was, you know, everything that led up to me pursuing kink and geekiness. And I sort of had this like, okay, well, 
if I like it and it's not hurting anybody, basically if it's legal and consensual, I can do whatever I want. And that was not just in the sexual realm, but also for me, it was a big deal to sort of be like, no, I am this horny. Like, no, sex is how I make all my life choices. Like, sex and my desire to create, and those are totally intertwined for me. And so since then, like, sometimes I'm like, ah, I'm really dogmatic in these certain ways where like, well, no, no, I'm in self-love, so how could I possibly judge myself for this? But early me, I look back at my old journals pre-2016, I mean, even in those times, like even when I was 2017 exploring kink, there was a lot of judgment and the whole journal was kind of like, is this bad? No, it's fine. And now I'm like on the side of it's fine. And so now I've noticed there's a part of me that's like, well, we can't judge ourselves, <laughs> ourselves just being me, you know? So I just wonder how that lives in other people who have their own journey of the son of a preacher man who is now like kinky as fuck and yeah, a rock star. Yeah. I think for me, what's enticing is like that it is wrong and I'm pushing up against something that I'm not supposed to do. Got it. Wrong and supposed to. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I said those with air quotes, bunny ears, but it's like those judgments of our past selves maybe, or the society that we are from maybe. I don't know. This is, these are all noodles. These are sexy noodles. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and that looks like different things for every person. Like I just talked about water sports, but I mean, that could yeah. be sex before marriage for somebody yes. that could be kissing a boy when you're a boy or whatever, same sex stuff. Like, so, I mean, there's definitely a range there, but. Oh, totally. The stuff that I actually have shame about is hilarious because people are like, what? <laughs> and, and like, then I'm like, kinky, 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 kinky. Speaking of kinky, we got straight to a lot of kinky stuff, but I do want to kind of check in on general turn-ons, just physical stuff. Like we heard details of your cock, but what other places on your body love to be given attention and how? My hands and arms, my head in general. I love scalp massages. That is a very easy way to turn me on. Yeah. Ears? No. On, for some reason, ears are not a thing for me. Yeah. Okay. And honestly, when I think about being turned on, it's usually more a mental thing. It's almost a demisexual kind of thing where it's like having that emotional mental connection first is helpful. Yeah, I guess my head, my arms and hands are areas that I like to be touched. Yeah. Totally. I can relate to that. I mean, I love to be touched and pretty much physical touch if it's in a context of I know it's allowed to be happening. You know, I don't get turned on by people who are grabber rapists, but I do get turned on by touch in general, even if I'm not madly in love with the person. However... For me to, at this point especially, for me to feel like I'm going to take the next step and give the gift of my sexy self that now has like tons of knowledge, tons of enthusiasm, tons of, you know, confidence in certain ways, I do have to have a little bit more of a connection or at least kind of like some sort of emotional tether or reason that turns me on enough to get me beyond the physical hump. Because otherwise I'm just getting enmeshed with people I don't really care that much about. So my question to you is... What are the emotional components that turn you on in a sexy way? What kind of connection with a new human? Like, how do you choose it or find it? Or what are you looking for or filter? Or is it just a feeling that you can't explain? Because this is where I'm really getting confused lately. Because I used to just be like, well, if we have good sexual compatibility, the rest will work itself out. And now I'm like, oh, that's not working. Yeah, those are great for like, cool, we fucked. I'll see you next year. I didn't realize that. I thought it could have been different. <laughs> In my head, yeah, it could be different. Yeah. For one, just connecting with somebody like on a deeper level where we're both in agreement on something or even just nerding out on something like 
one of my partners, we nerd out about Star Trek. And like, that's an awesome thing to me that gets me emotionally and mentally in that headspace, just because there's somebody that's connecting with me. And to me, that conveys, oh, they're getting to know me. Mm-hmm. So I want to like let them know even more. And I want to know them even more. And then when I can see that somebody's passionate about something, that is just so sexy. And somebody that is sure of themselves, somebody that knows how to convey what they want and need, I think is really sexy too. I have a question, a layer for this question. Does it change if the person you're interacting with is a top or a dom you might engage with or a submissive or bottom? Does that shift the qualities you look for? No. Not look for, but like, okay, become attracted to, I guess, or like, like, or rather, is it a spark that leads you in a certain sexual direction or like, are there different textures? Yeah, that was kind of my first realization of like wanting to be identified more on the queer spectrum than just being bisexual was that there's not really any rules around it. It's like, they're a human bodied person that I'm connecting with. I don't care what's in their pants or their shirt. Like I'm really attracted to what's in between those ears right now and we're connecting and that's all that matters to me. And if we connect on a physical level after this, that's how much even more amazing is that, you know? Amazing. Especially already having that emotional, mental, verbal connection. Like how much easier is that to like lead into consent talk and foreplay with consent and STI and SED and what are you into talk and all that kind of fun stuff that to me makes the physical stuff more fulfilling. Like, like you said, like asking somebody how, how, show me how you touch your penis. It's like, how do you masturbate? How do you love to have your vulva touched? Oh, that's really sexy. I love seeing you touch yourself. Like these kind of things like can just like build up. And of course, anticipation is the best ever so so that just makes it even better right totally totally (laughs) do you have any wisdom around joining or maintaining kinky sexy poly community just based on your experience i do i'm a very introverted person you are okay (laughs) yeah surprisingly i can turn it on but like things like this i made sure to like play nothing after our interview Cause I knew that like, this is taking a lot of emotional energy for me and I want to give it. So I know that I'm going to have to have some me time after this. Right. Oh, me too. For listeners. every That's all I do. I do one interview a day now. Like I used to do a couple and I don't like mixing people oh, up and it's, I give my focus. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. You deserve it. That. So obviously going into poly and learning about poly in the community, Austin has a really great community here. There's multiple groups and scenes. So there's always munches happening. There's always parties happening and everything from just like rope educational stuff to other kind of educational stuff to like big, huge events. So getting into that and then learning about solo poly of being like, oh, I can be polyamorous and not have a nesting partner. I can be solo poly and like not have to get married or have like a primary. And so for me, navigating that was really good to get into my personality of being able to back off, learning how to get out there. But like I said, there's always parties happening. There's cocktail parties that we have like every week almost that we can go to and explore. It's like one of those things I was talking about with this is like making sure like tomorrow night is a munch for like a subsect of the bigger poly group 
kink group that is on Friday. And I'm like, okay, I cannot do two parties in one week. So I'm not going to go to that. I really want to go to the sex party. So I'm going to do that. So it's navigating it in that sense. Mm. Also being an introverted person, it's for me easy to feel disconnected a lot. And what that means is just, I realize how important it is to have my partner's buy-ins for party going and making sure that like, I always have somebody to hang on to and not in the sense of like, you have to be on my side this whole time, but know that like, Hey, let's arrive together. Let's possibly leave together. If we need to leave separate, let's just talk about it. And we always have like a safe word of like, Hey, I'm over this party. We need a bail. Like I need some time to be away. And so like, if I go up to one of my partners and say, come quiet, it's like, all right, we're out. Let's go kind of thing. And if they say the same to me, like, doesn't matter if it's been five minutes or it's three hours later, if I'm not ready to leave and they say, come quiet to me, that's the time I have to acquiesce and be like, I know if I was in that situation, I have to do the same. So to me as an introverted person, as a person that finds my own space, very important to me, I try to be aware of that. And that helps me navigate those bigger parties. I still haven't been to like the huge, huge parties. Like these bigger parties I'm talking about are like house parties with like 50, 60 people, but like spread out. But there's also like huge parties like Gwen. There's a group here in Austin called Gwen group with no name. And they throw these like huge parties at hotels where like they do events and bring in speakers and all this kind of stuff. And that's a little bit too much. I'm still growing in that sense, wanting to be that interactive. But in the kinky sense, I mean... I think that's even easier because like you can be kinky with yourself. You don't have to have a partner to be kinky. But the way I've stayed in it is just that going to those parties, going to those munches, staying active on our discord. Like there's local discords and stuff for people. To me, that's important. A lot of times I do it just to, I know it's the benefit of staying in the group and staying active and not like backing off for a month or two and then just reappearing. And they're like, especially as a, sometimes solo male coming into these things. I don't know if you know this, but solo white males don't always have the greatest reputation. I don't know if you know this. So if you've ever heard about this, I've heard a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to make sure that people are feeling safe when I show up at places. So I want to make sure I know at least a majority of people that I'm showing up to. And beautiful. Hopefully that answered the question. Yeah, I think it's a, it's definitely a great starting place for those of us who are curious. What about your leather worker self? Is that part of your kinky self at all? Do you mix some leather stuff? Like, how does that play into your sex life, if at all? Yeah, I kind of have a curse to where if I see something that I like, I want to first try to make it myself. Oh, my God, I have that, too. But, like, everything, <laughs> like, everything. And I'm yeah. like, I could make that out of it. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. You have too many art products. Stop. Stop trying to make mm-hmm. everything. So is yours leather specific or is it just everything? No, it's, yeah, I mean, it's woodwork also. It's music. It's, yeah, there's so many things. But leather work is kind of a new passion of mine where it started off by just, I wanted to get a harness myself. Yeah. And for one, being a big person, there weren't a lot of options for me. And then the ones I did find were like so crazy expensive and not to downplay, you know, that maker's products, but I was just like, man, I don't know if I want to spend $400 on a harness. That you can't try on ahead of time necessarily because you got to order exactly. from Etsy or wherever and you're like, ah, fuck, fuck, fuck. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I get you. And being a person that wants to make everything and finally, she's not really a partner, more of a 
a comment partner, maybe we'll call her, her that, sent me a picture of something. She was like, man, I wish I could find something like this. And it was a female body person with like a certain kind of harness. I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm just going to start making leather stuff. And so I've been making a lot of collars and starting to make harnesses. And yeah, I just love the act of like being able to make stuff. It's, you know how it is like creating something that's in your head and seeing it come to fruition. A tangible thing too. It's so different from editing or making a computer collage. It's so different or just even photos. So different. It's so satisfying. Yeah. That's awesome. The fun part about it is I wish I had a sample, but I'm now experimenting with barbed wire. So like real barbed wire Uh and making collars and harnesses out of that. And some of them are like the barbed wire is on the leather, so it's not touching the skin. Yeah. But I am making some that are like straight up for like the hardcore people. Like if they want to go hard, like you can have a barbed wire collar choker. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Cool. Oh my gosh. Okay. What? fantasies do you have or what do you want to explore that we haven't heard about yet i would love to turn like an old church or some kind of non-dungeony place into a dungeon and just be able to facilitate really awesome healthy loving parties oh and like be able to like finally have the best queer orgies ever do you know about my goal for 2023 i don't think you do because i haven't talked about it a whole lot but it's to get a creation space, which would facilitate oh. daytime. I want daytime parties. I don't want to have to oh stay gosh. up and like Till completely. 3 I can't yeah. do it. I can't swap my sleep schedule throughout. It's first of all, really bad for the human body. I am timed with the sun. Like I wake up just before sunrise and like I want that. And so my, my goal is to have gallery slash workshop space that then becomes the place where I do erotic performances that devolve into the queer orgies of my dreams <laughs> you know and eventually oh, yeah, i want to have a fleet of play ships which is the mobile dungeon idea to like come around okay. the country and do that in you know imagine like if we could just you know how covered wagons used to circle up at nighttime yeah like what if you could just go in the middle of nowhere spa- places where you have permission you know you pay a property owner or whatever but middle of nowhere yeah. spaces and then you have like a nice and then you can go in this mobile and that and and I imagine they would all be color coded for different you know like the yellow one with they match the bandanas and then they all have their different things and oh. that's my big dream I love that you have okay so you'll that's have one amazing. in Austin but if you visit LA <laughs> then okay there we go I love that idea especially like I feel like you could like do a circuit of like hitting all the rin fairs or oh yeah burner oh place, yeah like all the burners yeah Austin has a big rin fair and burner population so you could definitely do it here amazing i <laughs> love awesome. the idea awesome. of converting a church like a very beautiful like stone yeah. cathedral or something with gorgeous glass windows and make it the type of worship that we love <laughs> yeah yeah worshiping <laughs> life and ourselves yeah i mean just the idea of facilitating that for people though also is like i don't know it's just really enjoyable for That's, me me to, too I'm a much better host than party attendee because as an attendee, I'm like, do they need help? And then they usually do. And so then I become that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also, I think, my service kink. Like, I'm like, let me help. And then, of course, I would enjoy it, too. Okay, well, that's a big fantasy. Any, like, specific things for your body, specific thing? I guess it's going to depend on what partners you meet, isn't it? Yeah, it really (laughs) is. And, I mean, I'm open. 
So that one partner that is on the harder side of things, we never did get to the full choke out having sex while she's waking up thing. Just because it was a little too much, I wanted to research more in life, right? Yeah. Life. But I'm wanting to explore my more dominant side of that yeah. switch in the sense of like, what does it mean to be more dominant? Because there's other very edgy kind of play that she wants to do that I really need to be aware of yeah. and ready myself for and learn about. That's one thing I feel like isn't talked about a whole lot uh, is to like how doms have come down also like aftercare for a top is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I honestly never thought about it until one of the scenes that we had together where the next day I was just like, holy shit. I call it a bang over. Like you oh. had sex, you had a bang over. Holy hell. I feel like I have a bang over. And like, we didn't fuck. We just had like this really awesome intense scene. We didn't stay up late. Like what is going on? And I talked to one of my friends. He's like, dude, like you're just coming down. You need some aftercare. Like, what do you need? Let's go hang out. Yeah. And so I was like, no, man, I'm, I'm the dom. I'm the top. I don't need that. Like, she's the one that receives all the pain and all this, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, man, like you did some heavy stuff to her. Like it's affecting you. You need to, I'm like, and then it came the realization of like, oh man, I'm pushing myself also to do these things of like, I've never wanted to spit on a woman or hit her in a certain mm-hmm. way or all this other stuff. And now I'm being asked to do that and I'm giving pleasure through it. So I'm getting pleasure and like really going through all that didn't hit me until the next morning. I was like, oh shit. And it wasn't a shameful thing at all. It was just like a realization of like, oh, I need to take care of myself too after all this. Yeah. Thank you for shedding light on Dom Drop. It is a real thing. Okay. Do you have a Dom side in you? Oh, yes. I haven't talked about this publicly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't want to push that if you don't want to. No, no, no. I've I've given snippets and hints and I almost, when you were talking about the single tail earlier, so... I've had, I'll just share snippets and there will be details at some point in the future in divine timing. I have sort of disappeared from like all the social parts of the internet for the last year because I've been doing some deep research, which includes a lot of travel, which also includes finding different types of mentors. And so I was able to help top a dude with one of my very, very amazing skilled lady friends who is a top and it was one of the most fun things I've ever done and for me and we like beat the shit out of him we were like there was cock and ball torture he was so into it you know because I am not yet trained so I'm basically doing there's been a lot of research about what I want to learn and now it's a matter of like organizing and then figuring out which classes workshops blah, blah blah you know so it's community but I also have to be in one city long enough to do that. So I've had this kind of like between family things and other work stuff and then being here, 2023 is going to be the time of exploration. So I absolutely have a dom side and what I've been learning about myself in the exploration is I just really squished her down because I'm very powerful. I have such clear ideas about what's happening all the time. I'm in charge all the time. So it's like, It's been really, really fun to find safe ways to do it. As a person being fully in charge of another person all by myself right now, it feels like too much work. So I don't think until I have a little bit more, like until I'm getting fucked regularly, like awesomely, I don't think my like 
own personal needs will be filled up enough to like seek new partners more so than the opportunistic like follow-alongs and kind of like tag-alonging but oh yes i definitely have a dom side and especially as a service dom or top will you tell us again your delineation between dom and top you did mention it a little bit but you have really specifics and now i just can't remember if i said the right thing (laughs) not the right thing totally the right Um, for me in this in this context you said the right thing well, first things for sharing. I'm glad to hear that. And I think it's fun to hear your side of the story too. Oh, it's um, so fun. <laughs> there's a lot to explore and I'm so excited for you. A top to me is a giver of pleasure. It can be somebody that has a flogger that is flogging somebody or paddling somebody. It could be somebody holding an electric wand and putting it over your skin. Dominant is doing the same thing, but giving a air of dominance and doing it in more of a forceful way of Mm. i am topping you you are submitting to me and so obviously there's a pretty extreme there where like you can have like your hardcore doms where like they want to walk in the door and you're on your knees in like position ready to go 24 or 7 kind of thing or there's like to me a service dom which i think is like dom light i guess i don't know where it's basically just jumping that bridge from i'm a top that's providing pleasure to you to a top providing pleasure but i'm going to be more dominant about it like i'm going to be more involved where instead of just flogging you i'm going to come over and pull your hair and you know maybe call you a name or two and ask you if you like it and tell me to give it to you more and you know like be more into it in that sense where i'm more commanding that's a great way to put it it's a commanding presence Love on that. top of what you're doing as a top. Is there anything about your sex life that we haven't covered? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of things, but that feel like we need to just kind of touch on to have a complete picture of Delaney's sex life. There's one thing I wanted to mention just because I feel like it's not talked about a lot is with people that have penises. I feel like stereotypically that is the way penis havers give pleasure. And I've had the pleasure of meeting somebody that unfortunately had a lot of trauma around folks that had penises. And we were able to build this relationship where it moved into a physical form. And when we got into the sex stuff, they did not want to be penetrated by a penis at all, but they wanted to be penetrated. And so we started off very slowly, but come to now is basically I use a strap on to where that is what she prefers and if that's the way i can give her like i can give my penis a break for a night (laughs) you know it's like don't be ashamed if you can't use your penis don't be ashamed if somebody wants to use something other than your penis because it's not about your penis it's about meeting their needs and so putting a strap on and fucking her with that it's like this is still really hot and guess what? I'm totally going to masturbate to this later. So penis, just hold off for an hour, dude. Like you're going to get yours, you know, kind of thing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. How yeah. do you wear the strap on? Where does it go on you? Just like on the mound? Um, yeah, like pretty much. Bone? Yeah. Okay. Do you ever pinch yourself? Yeah, I basically have to tuck the penis back. But I mean, it can get tricky sometimes because especially if I'm very turned on. Yeah. Like That's what I was wondering uh, about. a little tricky. Yeah, honestly, that's... It's only happened like once or twice for the most part. Like I can be very turned on and still not have an erection. And then if On I purpose? want to have, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know how I do 
<laughs> but if I want to have erections, it's like, all right, now it's penis time. So let's do that. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I know. invite every penis owner to practice that skill because it seems <laughs> like it could be useful sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So would you be able to double penetrate someone wearing a strap on and using your cock? Do you think like, Oh yeah, definitely. Have definitely. you done that? Do you want to? No, but that sounds really fun. Have you gotten to double penetrate really a partner with like in a threesome? Is that something on your list? That's one of my great fantasies. So I'm always just curious to hear about it. So have not been able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I guess penetration usually when we talk about that is ass in the vagina, but I've definitely done like, she was blowing me while getting fucked or Oof, I was fucking that's... her while she was getting Right. So that's real fun. But no, unfortunately, I have not done the double penetration thing. Okay. No. Yet. But yes. Yes, please. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's on the menu. That's why <laughs> doggy, I think, is real fun because it gives great access to the ass. Yeah. And so you can be fucking and at least at least like a thumb yeah. or something can hot. be playing with the butt. So, so hot. Yeah. So hot. Okay. Any other things we need to know about like orgasms or penetration or things you love or i guess we didn't cover porn or sexting anything to say about porn sexting nudes like the kind of the the social aspects of sex i don't know the media aspects. yeah yeah i definitely don't shy away from that stuff like uh like i said there's discord and some other apps that i am definitely on that i do not shy away like definitely trade nudes with people and oh sex wait and in your discord group you can you do nude nudes like that it's a kinky one so it's like yeah okay cool it's closed yeah Nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And things like WhatsApp. Oh, WhatsApp. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that more over coming to terms with my sexuality was the issue of like being comfortable with my body, being a big bodied person, like mm-hmm. just like being comfortable with like not everybody's going to like me, not everybody's going to be attracted mm-hmm. to me. It doesn't matter if I'm skinny, thin, fat, like yes. whatever. Like if they're not attracted to me, cool i don't have to waste my time the only like trying that you know like yeah i'm gonna hang out and fuck people that want to fuck me so fuck yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so what are your hopes for your sexual self going forward even more freedom i run with the ideology that if i was again to use the term and i'm putting quotations vanilla straight dude i wouldn't be going and blabbing about my sex life to people but I want to be more open about my queerness and my polyness and whatever I can, literally just because I want others that are hiding that to be comfortable with themselves. I want it to be a norm. And so to me, being more free with myself in that sense is a big drive. Like I said, there's not a whole lot sexually that I haven't done. So I feel like I'm in a great place of just like, going down the road like i'm in cruising mode you know there's not anything that i'm like rushing to get to yeah i would love to still have a queer orgy now i really want to do double penetration because you brought it up like there's these things of course (laughs) thanks wild welcome Um, (laughs) but to me that's top priority is just owning who i am and being more free with that and hopefully encourage others to love themselves and be free follow-up question to that because i have foreknowledge that you don't mind them I've been thinking about how do, what do we call it? Personal freedom, self-freedom, the feeling of freedom that comes from inside of me, not the label of freedom that someone else gives me. Mm. What I've been hearing from people over the past couple of years is like, you're just so open and free. And I'm sitting here thinking like, I'm trying to figure out like if I have a 
personalities so that I can like go try to date someone or like if you know like there's still all these parts of me that feel stuck in a regular way like in conversation something will happen and I will get what I label in my head social freeze because I just don't know how to go forward what's your internal metric for freedom that is a great question and I definitely can identify with parts of that I struggle with disassociation sometimes Mm. and so that can play into what you were talking about. But for me, and the freedom for myself is knowing that the people closest to me know who I truly am mm. and know my struggles and know that I can be real with them. So my best friends knowing that I'm going to a sex party, even though they're not into that stuff, or knowing that I'm queer or I'm poly, the people closest to me knowing that to me is liberation, is freedom. <laughs> it's it's funny because I feel like those kind of relationships outside of like the physical relationships to me are almost more important because that's the places I find jealousy, mm. which is really weird. Yes. Like I'm not a jealous person when it comes to relationships because of the compersion thing, but compersion isn't always there when like your best friend has a new girlfriend and now they're hanging out with them because they're getting to know each other or my best friend that's in the band with me starts a new band. You're like, does he not like my band anymore? What's going on? You know? And so like, you got to have those conversations and be able to go to them and say, man, I'm feeling really jealous. I feel like you're going to leave the band. Like you don't care about this anymore. Yeah. That's letting them know where I'm scared and what I need help with. And having those conversations is being known. So that to me is true. That's freedom. Oh, I love that. It's interesting too, because As I reflect on my own experience after hearing you say that, oftentimes I find it much more difficult to share openly with people who do not have the open, poly, kinky, non-judgmental framework that I wear in my day-to-day life, even friends back home or family. And so Mm -hmm. there is sort of, I'm still figuring out the integration and kind of the, my own little version of code switching, or I call it mode switching, because I always think mm. of, you know, what mode am I in? What personality oh. am I using? Which clone am I today? So if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? I'd probably pick my high school self and I would tell him not to be shy, to be aware of himself, that he's worthy, that he doesn't need to waste time on people that don't want to be with him, mm-hmm. that don't respect him that don't want to be in his world. I would tell him that the world is a much bigger place than little Georgetown, Texas. There's so much more life and love to experience outside of what, you know, yeah, don't hold back. Don't be shy. Experience life. Rejection makes you stronger. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be shy. Like love yourself and just keep moving forward. Fuck yeah. Delaney, thank you so much for being a guest on sex stories. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Do you have a sex question for me? So you may have answered this before, but I would love to know your favorite body part on yourself and your favorite thing about your mind. 